One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And it's Sadie's Night. And for the first time in maybe three years, for a very long time, we have a twofer, right? A we two-parter. do. This is a two-parter. I, it was one of those where I was like, oh, I'll whip this together and just kept going and going and going and going. So yes, this is part one of the murder of Eva Burwood. Okay. So I got many of the details for this episode from not just one great article, but two. Like, when does that happen? Two long-form, brilliant articles. Never. Uh, Always a Victim, written by Marilyn Goldstein for Newsday, and Murder on a Day Pass, written by Teresa Carpenter for The Village Voice, are both very well done and very informative. One of them I could only find in the newspaper archives, which is a real shame because it's amazing. Yeah. So from the outside, Adam and Eva Berwood seem to have it all. Successful careers, a wonderful family, and a nice home. No one would have guessed that beyond closed doors, Adam was quickly descending into his own world full of paranoid delusions and that Eva was in terrible danger. Oh, I have chills already. The young couple met in Poland in the early 1960s. Adam was 26 and a nuclear engineering student, and Eva was 19 and just beginning engineering school herself. They had come from similar backgrounds. Adam was born just before World War II started, and Eva, who was eight years younger than Adam, was born the year before the war ended. Wow. So we're talking like, I just can't imagine the, the... shit the parents went through you know to be in poland (laughs) at this time having kids like uh -uh. i have a really good friend whose parents were both polish immigrants and that yeah we've talked extensively about their experience like living through the holocaust and everything and Mm -hmm. spoiler alert people who lived through the holocaust are not did not like it no no The area of Poland where they grew up became part of the Soviet Union after the war, and their families were displaced, which caused them to end up in the same city in Poland in the 50s. So, like, not only did they have to live through the war, then they got overtaken by another country and had to leave, and it's just not good. No. Adam was the third born out of his five siblings, and his parents divorced when he was 14. After the divorce, Adam stayed with his mother, but the two never got along. Adam would later describe her as, quote, a careless woman who never loved children. Mm. She used corporal punishment liberally. If her children made mistakes, she didn't hesitate to hit them. Adam said he learned his alphabet with his mother hovering over him with a ruler. If he made a mistake, she would smack him with the ruler. Mm -hmm. Adam tried living with his dad, but couldn't get along with his new stepmom. He was eventually kicked out of both houses and had to live on the streets. Jesus, wow. Mm-hmm. And I think he would, I got the impression that he would sort of like bounce between the houses. He would have to go on the streets for a few days and then they'd feel sorry for him and take him back in. And, um, oh, God. But regardless, like his late teen years were not, not good. No. Eva's childhood wasn't much better. She was an only child and described her parents as distant and cold, not just with her, but with each other. She learned quickly to keep her innermost thoughts and feelings inside. If she shared too much, her parents would disapprove and get angry. 
There was a story about how they had a cherry tree in their front yard and she was desperate. She just wanted to eat the cherries so bad. And for some reason, her Mm. mom wouldn't let her. And so she would go and like sneak and eat the cherries. And like it was that much coldness. And like she couldn't she couldn't even admit to her mom that she ate cherries. You know, like she couldn't admit anything to them. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time Eva met Adam, she was ready for a change. At 19, she was still living with her parents and was still very much under their control. She was attracted to Adam, who was the life of the party, and he offered to help Eva get out of her parents' house and start a new life. She liked the idea of someone with more life experience helping her navigate her adulthood, just as it was getting started, and the two married in 1963. The couple started having trouble soon after the wedding. Their families didn't get along. Eva's parents believed their daughter was too good for Adam, and because of a shortage of apartments in Poland, the newlyweds were forced to live with Eva's grandmother. Adam also became controlling and domineering after the wedding. Eva would later tell those close to her that the marriage was always one-sided. She loved Adam, but he only loved the control he had over her. Oh, God. (laughs) To keep the peace, Eva was willing to take the more subservient role in their relationship and do as she was told. Which I also got uh, the impression, especially in the 60s, that that was what was expected from Polish women. Very much so. You know, Eastern European in in general, but you really were to just do as you were told by your husband. Yep. Big time. In order to get a place of their own and a fresh start, the pair decided to move to America in 1969 with just two suitcases and $1,000 between them. Once in America, they both landed well-paying engineering jobs and settled on Long Island, just outside of New York City. They bought a modest house and decided to start a family. They had their first daughter, Olga. She was born in 1972, and by all accounts, both Adam and Eva cherished Olga. They dressed her in the finest clothes and doted on her endlessly. uh, There was part of the article that was like, they they would like parade her around during parties and like seriously Mm -hmm. cherished her. Mm -hmm. Eva would later say the few years after Olga was born were the happiest of her life. But as Olga grew a little older, Eva was adamant that she wanted another child. She hated being an only child growing up and didn't want the same for Olga. Adam made it very clear he only wanted Olga and thought having another child would ruin everything. Despite his feelings, Eva found out she was pregnant with their second baby and gave birth to Adam Jr. in 1975 in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. Oh, wow. God, those second <laughs> ones come quick, don't they? Yes, yes. I was going to say, anybody who's had a second baby, uh, mine just, yeah, my second just Yeah, I almost missed the birth. Out. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I attended the birth of Sadie's second child, and I almost missed it because mm-hmm. Sadie's husband texted, okay, I think it's time to come. And then by the time we got there, the baby was like... <laughs> five seconds i think you held him in like it was i did i was like if i don't get here i'm gonna (laughs) it's like i held him in for you yeah once the new baby was brought home everything changed for the little family adam had become accustomed to eva following his lead and doing as he said he also still expected her to do all the housework including the cooking and cleaning like she had before having two children and a full-time job Mm. but eva had changed since the move she had matured and was quickly finding herself. She loved her children and was very protective of them. She would happily put their needs before her husband's. Eva also handled the move to a new country better than Adam. She spoke better English, which was the only language that she would speak to her kids, while Adam only spoke to them in Polish. Mm -hmm. She quickly considered herself an American, while Adam had plans to move his family back to Poland as soon as he could. Oh, wow. Yep. She, part of one of the articles, talked about how Eva loved high heels and the higher the better and like the spiky high heels. You know, she thought Uh they were really sexy and very American. And she Uh broke her, at some point she uh, broke her leg in a skiing accident in four places. And the doctor was like, from now on, you cannot wear high heels. You can't. It's just going to ruin your leg. (laughs) Despite him, she she started wearing higher heels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything that I know about Polish women, it's that they do whatever the fuck uh-huh. they want. Yeah, I really strong willed. The picture that was painted of her, I just 
Oh, that's one of those. Like, she was such a badass. Yep. I have a friend who is Polish from Poland, and she's hilarious Mm -hmm. and such a super badass, like Mm -hmm. such a Eva kind of character. She's Mm -hmm. a marketing executive for a steel company. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, she's just a fucking badass. But she'll, she'll joke and be like, in my country, we stand in breadline, you know, and she's like <laughs> fucking full bombshell, stiletto uh-huh. heels. But yes. but she also like, I mean, legitimately will save her pasta water to wash her dishes in. Uh-huh. Like she's a, yeah. you know, I have no idea how much this woman makes, but yes. Doesn't yeah, waste. she's like, mm-hmm. no, nope, not yep. a, one single thing. Yeah. Despite protests from Adam, Eva continued to work after Olga and Adam Jr. were born, meaning she didn't have time to keep up with everything in the house like she used to. When Eva hired people to help her with the house and the kids, Adam became furious. Eva was very good at her job and moved up in her company very quickly. It didn't take long before she started making more money than Adam. Mm -hmm. And again, like a very male-dominated job in the 70s, and Eva's in there just like kicking ass. Yep. This caused Adam's resentment and anger to grow even more. He would eventually quit his job, maybe as a way to get out from Eva's shadow, and took out a $25,000 loan to start his own small business as an engineering consultant. Unfortunately, his business never got off the ground. And in one article, I read that Eva had to pay the loan back on her own. And another, I heard, I read that they had to file for bankruptcy. Holy Um, shit. But either way, this just caused Adam to feel more anger towards his wife. Right. Who, of course, he was blaming for his lack of success. We've covered a lot of these lately, haven't we? Mm -hmm. A lot of these uh, badass women with incompetent men Mm -hmm. who then resent them and do horrible things to them. Mm Mm-hmm hate this trend don't love this don't love this trend no yeah and there was a lot of stories about adam that i just couldn't quite fit in to i mean it's already so long but things like he was just super narcissistic and he was invited to be a president of a uh, club of for engineers that was like purely volunteer and Mm. he demanded to get paid for the role because he he was like, I don't work for nothing. And they were like, it's a club and you're the president. And he got so mad that he like lashed out and hit one of the other club members. And yeah, got, you know, and he made his friend drive him around. He, sometimes he was Catholic and sometimes he was Protestant. And but it, like when he was Catholic, he decided to make his friend drive him around so he could get his Christmas ham blessed by a priest. And, <laughs> you know, just like did not care about anybody else. He just whatever he wanted, he did. You know, that he type of guy. like, have you seen the show Eastbound and Down? Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, right? <laughs> except for except for Adam is evil and... <laughs> yeah. So by the summer of 1977, just eight years after the couple moved to America, Eva noticed a change in Adam's personality. He wasn't just controlling and angry anymore. Now he was starting to act seriously paranoid. Mm-hmm. He started telling Eva she was not allowed to go to Adam Jr. when he cried. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. And I get the impression, I mean, some of the details are a little fuzzy. I think that this was sort of how it always was when Adam was a baby, and then it got worse. Right. But definitely got really bad, you know, a few years after Adam was born. Yep. She would try to pick him up to comfort him, but Adam would physically hold her back. There was even a time when the Burwids had friends over for dinner, and when baby Adam started to cry upstairs, Adam Sr. refused to let Eva go up to him. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. The four adults ended up sitting in awkward silence listening to the baby wail on the floor above them. Oh god, that makes me sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. One night, Adam told his wife that the children were in some kind of danger. Eva tried to get Adam to explain himself, but he wouldn't go into details. A few hours later, when Eva tried to put them to bed early, Adam refused to allow it because he said, quote, the devil wanted them to go to bed early. Ugh. At first, he only seemed to be worried about his children, but soon he became paranoid of Eva. One day, Eva noticed that Adam was watching her as she changed baby Adam's diaper. When she was done with the diaper, she lovingly nuzzled the baby's tummy before putting his clothes back on. 
When Adam saw what she was doing, he flew into a rage and started accusing her of practicing sodomy on her son. Oh my God. I'm like already going to have TMJ from how hard I'm clenching mm-hmm. my jaw mm-hmm. in f- absolute like fear. I can't, <sighs> I can't imagine being married to someone and having children, young children no. with them. And all of a sudden, like they start saying these ch- bone chilling things to you. No. No, co-parenting is so hard. You know, like I have a lovely partner who loves his kids and we don't always agree. I mean, nobody does, but like, that's hard enough. Just having a partner who doesn't parent exactly the same way that I would. Yeah. But then to have somebody that's like controlling, domineering, and then paranoid, and then accusing you of like the worst thing you can imagine. Mm -mm. I just, Mm -mm. you know, for doing something so innocently... Like, that's such a yep. mother thing to do, you yep. know? Like, ugh. Nope. If the kids became sick, Adam blamed Eva. He even yelled at her at the pediatrician's office in front of the doctor after they learned one of their kids had an earache. Mm-hmm. He blamed Eva for not taking good care of them. The couple started getting into frequent arguments, and those arguments turned into fights. Adam started hitting his wife for the first time in their marriage and seemed to despise her now. One day, Eva returned home with supplies from the lumber yard and went inside to do housework while Adam unloaded the car. Adam became so furious at Eva for not helping him that he stormed into the kitchen, pushed Eva into the living room, and then threw her onto the floor. He then pounced on her and, quote, pounded on her face and body. (sighs) Eva said after the attack she expected Adam to feel remorse, but those feelings never came. During another particularly nasty fight, Adam dragged Eva downstairs by her hair and threw her out of the front door and locked her out of the house. After this, Eva knew she and her children were in danger. She got a protective order against Adam. He was to keep away from her and the children, but this did them no good. He ignored it and came around the house all the time. It got to the point where Eva had Adam arrested, and then soon after, she decided to file for divorce. Mm. The divorce sent an already very unstable Adam into a full mental break. So while he sat in jail for violating the protective order, he started writing incredibly hateful letters to Eva. He also did what he could to continue to control his family even from jail. In one letter, he wrote, quote, Our children should not play with Jill. She should not be allowed to enter our house. He then gave formal written permission for the kids to play with two other neighbors that he did approve of. Oh my god. Adam also wrote letters to other people, like a woman he'd only met once in 1975, and I think this is like 1977 by now, or 1978, so a few Mm. years ago, you know, before this, he'd only met this woman once, but had become infatuated with her. Oh, God. She was a secretary who worked at the same company as he did, and one day the two struck up an idle conversation while waiting together. After a few months, this woman noticed Adam was following her. Nope. He would show up in front of her house when she left for work, and she would see him from time to time in crowds that she was in. Like she said once, nope. her mom dropped nope. her off at the subway station, and she looked around, like very crowded subway station, and he was there, even though he didn't usually take the subway. One day she found Adam with his two children having a picnic on the, quote, small lawn of a parkway access across from her house. Uh, 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 uh. And so I don't know if that's like a median, you know, but that's what it sort of sounds like, like that little grassy area between two roads. Is that where he's picnicking with his children? So he even followed this woman to her church. When she would move pew to pew to get away from him, he would also move to stay close to her. Oh, my God. He sent her flowers and then the letter started after he was sent to jail. In his letters to her, he demanded she love him, take care of his children, and that she was, quote, always neat. Uh -uh. Part of the letter read, quote, I accept only spotless people. If they are not, I become very nasty. Not too many people are of spotless habits, so I'm always nasty. (laughs) Oh, this guy Mm -hmm. isn't. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. He also once wrote to her, quote, I forbid makeup. It destroys your body and skin, which belongs to me. Nope. Nope. A woman nope. he had a, a passing conversation one with. One conversation with. One time. Mm-mm. 
The longer he sat in jail, the nastier his letters to Eva became. He started sending her letters that included graphic details on his plans to kill her. Quote, the threats were so explicit that they came to the attention of the district attorney who brought the most serious charge the law allowed, aggravated harassment, which was only a misdemeanor. Oh, God. I mean, good for him for going for it, but, mm-hmm. oh, God. Yep. Despite this, Eva and others who knew Adam didn't think he was capable of really hurting Eva. They believed he had suffered a mental break and would be able to get back to himself with professional help. Not that, like, his self before his mental break was great. No, right? Right. So Eva no longer wanted a relationship with Adam, but she did want him to get better and to be a part of their children's life if it was safe. Of course. Adam was kept in jail while awaiting trial for his harassment charges. During one of the pretrial hearings, Adam threatened to kill Eva in front of the judge. Mm-mm. Telling the judge that he would end his ex-wife's life if he did not get full custody of his kids. Oh my god. The judge halted <gasps> custody granted. Right? <laughs> yes. The judge halted the proceedings, upped Adam's bail to one million dollars, and ordered him to get a psychiatric evaluation to see if he was mentally sound enough to stand trial. Good. The doctors who did the evaluation said Adam, quote, was incapacitated by a personality disorder manifesting itself in delusions and paranoia. Uh, he would then mm-hmm. later be diagnosed with as a paranoid with paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. Adam was found unable to stand trial and the judge sent him upstate for 90 days for observation to the Mid-Hudson Psychiatric Center, which was the only hospital in New York State at the time equipped to handle violent or potentially violent patients who had been committed under court order. Wow. The judge was so worried about Adam that he even sent a letter to the facility letting them know he fully believed that Adam planned to follow through with his threats to kill his wife. He wanted them to keep a close eye on their patient while he was in their care. Good. I'm so glad that the judge took this seriously because mm-hmm. I was going to make the comment, like, can we in the year of our Lord 2022 slash 23 agree that this sort of behavior is torture and it's mm-hmm. so traumatizing mm-hmm. and it's so dangerous and it's so debilitating and damaging. Mm-hmm. And yes, this judge got there way sooner than I, than yeah. most of well, the judges. Well, we'll talk about it more later, but yes, they, they really... For, for once, <laughs> it really yeah. seemed like the legal system really tried to protect Eva, like really, really tried. And yeah. it, unfortunately, it still didn't work. But they like they put the effort in that you don't normally see. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. threatening her life right in front of a judge mm-hmm. is a good indication that mm-hmm. this guy's seriously deranged. So that's yeah. probably helpful for him. But yes, yeah, good for them. The assistant district attorney also wrote Mid Hudson a letter saying Adam was quote a clear and homicidal threat, who, in one psychiatrist's opinion, would even kill his children to prevent his wife from having them. Mm-hmm. Quote, we have no doubt that if he is released, we will be reading about the murder of Eva Burwood in Newsday at some time in the future. Mm-hmm. And what's really chilling is that one of these articles I used was written for Newsday magazine. Mm-hmm. So these next few paragraphs are a direct quote from Murder on a Day Pass. Uh, the author of the article is Teresa Carpenter, and she put it really well. Quote, here Adam began slipping through the gears where the criminal law and mental health law did not quite mesh. Had he run afoul of Eva a decade earlier, he would have effectively forfeited his civil rights and been packed off to Matatuan, which was a notorious psychiatric prison, which the state maintained under scandalous circumstances until pressure for reform closed it down during the mid-70s. Yep. So like, you know, American Horror Story style psychiatric yep. hospital yeah like doesn't shouldn't be in operation yes but had it been he would have been there and, and she would have been safe yes yep. there he might have spent 20 to 30 years along with a mismatched assortment of other in quotes violent patients being shocked abused and lobotomized yep but burwood as it turned out was the living converse of a kessie nightmare and i, I had to sort of pull that one apart um yeah so kessie is the author of one one who yeah nest. one flew over the cuckoo's nest where a guy who really shouldn't have been in Keezy, i think Keezy. did i say cassie Keezy. Yeah. yeah um yep. so if you haven't read it it's about a guy who gets put into 
a mental hospital when he really shouldn't be. And he like shakes up the system and then they take him away and do terrible things to him. And so he's the, the reverse of that, where this guy really should have been kept away from his family. Yep. But instead he's put into a, a system that in theory makes sense and I think is important, but doesn't leave a lot of room for what do you do when you have somebody who's really violent and dangerous? Like, how do you, how, how do you persistently per- violent and dangerous yeah. and just determined to cause harm to mm-hmm. his family? Right. Yep. So how do you set up a mental health system where people who need <gasps> to be essentially locked up yep. stay away and other people who don't deserve to be locked up, get help and are released? That's the t- question as old as time mm-hmm. on this podcast, isn't mm-hmm. it, Sadie? It really yep. is. Yeah, Sadie yeah. and I had a conversation yesterday with somebody about it, um, talking about exactly that. Like, mm-hmm. and we say this all the time. Like, I I believe in rehabilitation. I believe in being proactive and catching these things before they get to the point where someone's dangerous and violent. But then, what do you do when you don't catch them and you get to mm-hmm. the point where people's lives are seriously in danger? We don't know yet. We don't know. Turns out, right. So here we had, a, I'm still quoting, a criminally insane man whom the system was not reluctant but anxious to release. Yep. As soon as he was handed over by the court to the custody of the mental health system, the misdemeanor charge was automatically dropped and be- he became a civil patient. Uh-huh. As a result of a 1973 New York Court of Appeals decision, he was entitled to equal rights in a system determined in the interest of enlightened treatment to move him up through the concentric circles of institutional psychiatry and out into society as quickly as possible. The law required it. Right. So, again, yes, part of me is like 100% yes, thank goodness we gave equal rights to people in mental health institutions. Yep. And also, no. Right? (laughs) Like, yes, mostly yes. But also, what else do we do? What else can we do? Right. We don't know. So, so often we tell stories of a legal system that failed the victim, but this case does seem to be different, like we've already said. The articles on this case paint a much different picture, one where the judge and prosecutors and some of the doctors who had the chance to meet Adam knew how dangerous he was and worked much harder than normal to try to save Eva. Sadly, their efforts were for nothing. A psychiatrist who worked with Adam sent a letter to the court warning them that Adam was was smart and manipulative enough to convince a psychiatrist somewhere along the way that he was sane and should be released, and then Eva desperately needed to prepare herself for when that happened. Mm -hmm. Adam was only ordered to spend 90 days at Mid-Hudson, and Eva's lawyer wrote letters to the center urging them to recommit Adam after that time was up. The judge on his case also urged the hospital to keep Adam in their care. Mid-Hudson did as they were asked, and Adam was recommitted for another six months. Oh, wow. During that time, Adam claimed the hospital was poisoning him and was convinced Eva was still hurting his children. He didn't hesitate to tell his doctors that he fully intended to kill his wife the first chance he got to keep (laughs) Olga and Adam Jr. safe. Despite... (sighs) Yeah. Despite these continued threats, after nine months in Mid-Hudson, so a few times they recommitted him, the administrators there decided he'd be better off at a less secure facility and should be moved to a, quote, less prison-like setting. Why would you think that? Oh, no. <laughs> Adam was transferred to the Pilgrim Psychiatric Center in Brentwood, which was just an hour from Eva's home, the one that she used to share with Adam. Quote, at the time, the law required that a patient be transferred back into his own community, allowing him as much access and support from his family and friends as possible. Pilgrim had once been a huge psychiatric hospital, but as the laws changed, most of the people who lived there left the facility. And when Adam arrived, there were around 3,000 inmates, which still feels very big. That's so, like, enormous. How That's big was it before? Way too many people. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, I, I get the idea that it was like a huge sprawling grounds with Still, like yeah. brick wards and just huge. Totally. Yeah. Like a prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally a prison, but right. yes. Yes. So most of those that were left at, at Pilgrim were elderly and had lived there most of their lives. 
They were not dangerous and didn't cause the staff any trouble. When inmates were transferred from Mid-Hudson, they were treated as a nuisance, and the staff would do all they could to move them through their system and back into the community as quickly as possible. I was going to say, I, like, I hate to say that because it's totally anecdotal, but I, we've talked about this before when Sadie and I were in college and we worked in group homes. We just saw so much of that, just so much yeah. of shuffling of people because you just sort of like hang on to a patient or client or whatever for as long as you can. And when people are extremely dangerous or extremely violent or extremely volatile, you know, you just tax the staff to a point mm-hmm. where you kind of, you know, it's like... The burnout I'm, is so great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can proudly say that we never transferred any of our people. We held on to those kids mm-hmm. for dear life, for mm-hmm. better or worse. Well, they but, didn't have any other, other options. You know, right. That we were yeah. the last resort. Like, we were the ones that we were where they sent the kids that were the hardest cases. Mm-hmm. And, and if we didn't know, keep them, I, they would go to jail, To an institution. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, jail or they'd be institutionalized, which didn't feel appropriate at all for... No any any of these people but no. yeah i hate it but i also completely understand it mm-hmm. it's a lot to ask a human being who's just another human being you know mm-hmm. to like control handle the, uh, yeah yes. it just yeah there's only so much like depakote and fucking mm-hmm. risperdal that you can give a person before they're just completely zombified but mm-hmm. even then it's like <sighs> yeah there's no easy answer yeah so eva was notified that adam had been moved to pilgrim and had also been told it was much closer to her home and much less secure. She -hmm. considered moving, but ultimately decided she loved her house, her job, she had great friends, and had recently started dating a new man. (laughs) The police knew her history and even included her on their rounds, driving by her house a few times a day to keep their eye on her. Eva bought a gun and learned how to use it. She kept it in a holder next to her bed. She also told friends if Adam was serious about killing her, he would eventually find her, no matter how far she went to get away. Yeah. She decided it would be better for all of them if they just stayed put. Eva also still held out hope that Adam was getting the treatment he needed and would be able to be released safely. Mm -hmm. She even went to visit him once when he was moved to Pilgrim and said that Adam seemed better. He had been calm and told her he wanted to move back in with her, and he hoped they could travel together one day. Eva tried to let him down gently and told him that wasn't possible. She said after the conversation was over, Adam just got up and walked back to his room. Mm. But on April 5th, 1979, Adam walked out of Pilgrim by pushing open a door on his ward that was supposed to be locked. Mm-hmm. No one noticed as he walked out of the building and off the grounds of the center. When the staff finally did notice Adam was missing, they called Eva to let her know to be on the lookout. She took the kids and stayed with friends. After two days, Eva and her new boyfriend went back to her house together to check on it. Everything seemed normal until Eva went upstairs and noticed her bedroom door was open. She always kept it closed. Mm. When she looked in her room, she found Adam, who was only wearing his underwear, asleep on her Mm. bed. Trying not to wake him, she tipped down. Trying not to wake him, she tiptoed down the stairs. But when she tried to call the police, she found the phone line had been cut. Mm-hmm. Trying not to wake him, she tiptoed down the stairs. But when she tried to call police, she found the phone line had been cut. Mm. And that, my dear listeners, is where ah! we're gonna end part ah! one. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh, there is so a surprising amount left of the story, y'all. A surprising <sighs> amount left. So please, I'm so sorry to do this. Please come back for part two. It'll be worth it. Yeah, I mean, that was a good call. It were already 40 minutes in, and yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good call, but dang it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> right around the Christmas holidays. Hopefully everyone has to drive places, so... right. You'll get, yes. So you'll get this. You'll get the second part on the drive home from Christmas right. <laughs> to keep you company. <laughs> oh, Merry happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody! Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Well, yeah. I am heartened to know that they are trying. That they have so far tried. Maybe mm-hmm. not perfectly, impeccably, but the fact that 
which might have given her a false sense of security too yeah. to know that you know the judge and the DA and everyone was on her side and trying mm-hmm. to protect her the police were circling and keeping an eye on her but she's right I mean I would have said the same thing it's like if somebody's gonna kill me they're gonna kill me like if somebody mm-hmm. really wants me dead they're going to they're going to kill me like that's just unless they're in a high security prison for life there's just you know there's only so much running you can do yep oh god well we'll talk all about it next week you guys yeah we'll keep going and dissect it Uh, well (laughs) should we take a hard ride into name time yeah let's save all the save all the conjecture all the opinions with a capital o all of that for next week and in the meantime name time time It's name time. I've got so many names this week. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need it. Let's do it. Yeah, we have so many names. We we withheld them last week, which was a mistake, because now we have just an avalanche of names. But not a mistake. I mean, who doesn't love an avalanche of names? If you're new to the podcast, every week we read names that people submit. It started back with the Charlotte Grabby episode. There was a character in that episode named Cindy Pancake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cutest name ever ever since we've been reading off adorable memorable amazing names i'm going to start with an email we just got right before we started the podcast in ohio there is a competition every year to name a snowplow (laughs) (laughs) and here are the finalist names this year control salt delete (laughs) Blizzard wizard. Plow <laughs> plow chicka plow wow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're killing me, squalls. <laughs> the big Laplowski. Oh no. <laughs> the Blizzard of Oz. Ohio Thaw Enforcement. <laughs> and my personal favorite. Cleropathra. <laughs> Those are good. Oh I know. When do I they pick a winner? One community, if that's multiple communities. Wow. Oh, is it like all of Ohio? Okay, so this is for the Ohio Turnpike. I was like, if this is one okay. little tiny town, then I'm moving there immediately. <laughs> yeah, incredible. it's just a screenshot, so I I can't tell who um, won. Oh, so the the eight those I think those are the top eight. So those people all want a hundred dollar gift card. So I'm oh. I guess that there are eight. That's like a fleet. Names. Okay, so they're gonna yes, name all yeah. of that's, ama- that's Isn't amazing. Isn't that amazing? And yes, so unbelievably charming. And yes. I almost started off the whole episode with yeah. those names, but <laughs> I feel like name time is something you gotta ease people into. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna get through as many of these as I possibly can. Um, somebody, a listener, grew up went to school with. Ewan, Ewan, probably Ewan, Ewan Valentine, Ooh. Richard Lovely, Ooh. Dan, Dan Skidmore, oh, poor Skidmore's, <laughs> <laughs> which is a street in Portland, right? Skidmore, that's, is it in Portland? Skidmore? Mm, maybe. Anyway, anyway, I'm just going to keep saying Skidmore until you agree with me. Um, and Crystal Nightingale. There's all... <laughs> And there's a street where I live, Castle Dyke Lane. Wow. (laughs) So many things going on there. Um, Oh, the lane names, it just says the lane names in English villages are small English villages. Castle Dyke Lane. Um, The English football team's captain's name is Harry Kane. Here comes the hurricane. Um, <laughs> the all-time leading scorer in Iowa women's high school basketball is named Fonda Dix. Yeah. <laughs> Fonda yes. is uh, that's a name I haven't thought of ever. Like I, I've heard, but you, you don't think about Fonda. That's Fonda Dix. Fonda. Um, 
One of my teacher's friend's student just wrestled a kid named Rowdy Neighbor, which oh. I swear is the name of every kid that Sadie and I grew up with. Yes. Every single kid is like Rowdy, rowdy Rambunctious, uh-huh. ch- Trouble. <laughs> tr- yes, exactly. <laughs> Taz, Taz, short for Tasmanian Devil. God, I wish I'd named my boy children Rowdy and Trouble. <laughs> rowdy and Trouble. Uh, um, gay bits. <laughs> That's amazing. Not to be outshined by gay smiley. Uh, uh, are they related? Yep. Do they, li- are they neighbors? I think those came in separately. I'm pretty sure. And I just lined them up. <laughs> That's amazing. For, in the gay section. Gay bits and gay smiley. And gay smiley. Gay bits. Oh, God. Put that at the in top twenty mm-hmm. if if you have to choose. If you put a gun to my head, I would put gay bits in the top twenty. Dean Blandino. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stanko Molnar. Nuh-uh. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an Appalachian name. Thank you. Nevi, who gave us this one, Nervesta Minerva Baker. <laughs> oh, God. That's amazing. Okay, baby names. This person, this listener says, my kids are called Edward Talesian or Talia, T-A-L-I-E-S-I-N. Talesian, Talia's, yeah. anyway, beautiful. Alistair Everly Farrell. Oh, and they're uh, named after anime characters, Boy get, voice actor, Blah, blah, blah. Everly after my mother, Beverly, but she can keep the bee for herself. <laughs> uh, Farrell is my best friend's middle name. Her mom named her after the feral child in Mad Max. I... <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. Yep. Um, someone says, I have a fun name for you guys. My last name is Yoakum. And my preschoolers at work decided they didn't like that, so they started calling me Mrs. Yogurt. And for two years, I couldn't get away from it. <laughs> I mean, why try? Why even no. try? Just, no. that's your new name, yep. Mrs. Yogurt. I'm, I'm... Mrs. Yogurt. <laughs> yep. I had a my mentor in, in college. Um, her last name was Bryant. But she changed it like three times. Like, I can't remember what it was when she was growing up, but then she... Married somebody with the last name uh, Bjork. I think it was Bjork or something similar. <laughs> Moved to Texas and everyone called her Bojork. They called her Barbara Bojork. So she <laughs> she got a divorce and Bo- Bojork. Bojork. Yeah. Oh, I think it had been Brian. I think her name had been Bri- Barbara Brian growing up and then became Barbara Bojork. And then she changed it back to Barbara Brian. But she was like, you know what? And never liked my signature, so she added a T to the end and became Barbara Bryant. God, she's such a badass. (laughs) She really, truly, honest to God, like that woman. Yes. She was my first first mentor, and I am very grateful for her and her last name, Bojork. Anyway, (laughs) um, I don't think I read this, these two. Uh, Did I read Fugging Australia? I don't believe so, no. Okay. Fugging (laughs) Fugging Austria, sorry. Fugging Austria. There's a video going around that it's fucking Austria, and I looked it up, and it's actually fugging, but fugging is right next to wolfing Austria. <laughs> um, Harley Sheets. Oh. Zamian Golden. Yes. Dillinger Cooney. Um, this one, someone sent us this one, and then I saw her with my own two eyes on the Harry and Meghan documentary, which Sadie and I highly uh-huh. recommend. Silver Tree is a producer. Silver God, Tree. God, you guys. Yes. Wow. Watch watch that documentary. You don't think you want to yeah. if you're like me, and you do. You really yeah. do. And then yes. just be prepared to cry through the whole entire thing. Yeah. Because I haven't I'm cried so, yet. I'm still, I, I think I just finished like the second episode. But yeah. Well, and I was going to say, Laura cried a lot through the first two, and then I cried through the, the third or fourth. I can't remember how I remember. The last one cried just the mm-hmm. whole entire time. Mm-hmm. I'm just so proud of Harry. No. His mom is so... Yep, see, I'm yeah. tearing up thinking mm-hmm. about Diana's so proud of him. Ooh. <sighs> anyway. Uh, Barry, Larry, Terry. <laughs> I 
all one name. Barry Larry Terry. <gasps> Barry Larry Terry. Hey, uh, um, I, at the DMV, what's your full name? Uh, Barry Larry Terry. <laughs> Barry Larry Terry. Don't worry about it. My parents just lined them right on up to make it easy. And They're even in alphabetical order. <laughs> oh, good point, Sadie. Well done. Um, I don't, I don't know that this is just an accident, but that one's followed by Ortis Daniel Gilbert Perry. So we got Barry Larry Terry and Ortis Daniel Gilbert Perry. Ortis. Ortis. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. He's 26 years old too. So wow. I mean, that is a Southern name. That is, I'm Ortis. assuming just mm-hmm, stood wow. the test of time. Uh, Gina Goldsack. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. So this one, Dr. Gay Hitler. <laughs> He's the son of George Washington Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Somebody sent us Dr. Gay Hitler and I was like, got to double check that one for uh-huh. sure. Yes. Actual person. His father's name was George Washington Hitler. And the the family accidentally misspelled Heidler when they... You know, immigrated or whatever. Somewhere along the right way, it was Heidler turned to Hitler before Hitler, and it remains Hitler because that's just their last name. Darn yep. it! Yep. Whoops. Whoops. A daisy. But the fact that it's Doctor K. Hitler and whoops George Washington Hitler. Um. Yeah. Wait, real quick. It made, it makes me think of. I went to the bank the other day and withdrew like a decent amount of money, and yeah, enough where they had to like go through their security checks or whatever. And yeah. the teller, <laughs> one of the questions was, what's your mother's maiden name? And she was really grumpy and not having a good day. Yeah. And I was like, whore. And she shot, she looked at me and like, she thought I was fully <laughs> fucking with her. Like, she was so mad at me. And I was like, H-O-A-R, it's, uh, it's really her maiden name. And she kind of like smirked at me. And I was like, I swear to God. Put it in. It'll come up true. She like typed it in and it, and it passed her security check. And she was like, oh, I thought you were just being really rude. <laughs> like I, I am a lot of things, but rude to strangers, especially is not something that I am. Could you especially- imagine me walking into a bank where I'm just trying to get some, like calling the teller a whore? Sweet face Sadie with her big, big, gigantic <laughs> trademark brown eyes. Just calling <laughs> bank tellers whores Whore. in central Indiana. Uh, I love it. Whore. No, I didn't even say it like that. I didn't like, anyway. It just was so casually. Which <laughs> is even funnier. But by the end of the conversation, we were best friends. She thought, she was like, I have, you know, I haven't had a good day. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I hope I lightened it up by inadvertently calling Turn you Turn that name. frown upside down oh, no. for you. Yeah, uh, I'm blushing just thinking about it. I was so embarrassed by not doing anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's not something that you say out loud very often. Like, it's a lot of my security questions, too, yeah. because it's easy. And I actually remember it. Sometimes it's like, who was your high school best friend of all? Right. Oh, Right. Why did I choose that? I yeah. Like no. Five. Anyway. Whore. Yeah. Never Whore. forget that one. <laughs> um, okay. Just a couple more. Someone was watching Bizarre ER, a British show, and a patient's last name was Ass Cow, and he was a <laughs> farmer. A S K O W, just to be clear. Friends with the, someone whose last name was Cox. I feel like it's time again, once again, to bring up Rodney Cox, mm-hmm. who Sadie and I went to high school with. Rod mm-hmm. Cox, my first favorite uh, name. Oh my God, have we said Peter Wacker before? I don't it's know. It's just dawning on me. Maybe. Peter Wacker was the most famous high school student in Indiana in the 90s because there was a who's who of American students or something. It was like this weird magazine that would circulate. I don't know where you would get it, but you could pay money to get in this weird magazine. Do you remember this? Yes. And Peter Wacker went to North Central High School and was legendary. (laughs) We all knew Peter Wacker, and I can't believe I've never brought him up before. I hope you're doing well, Peter Wacker. I'll have to Google him. (laughs) It's like early viral. Like you, this kid paid $8 or whatever to be in who's 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 who of American students and... (laughs) Everyone in Indiana knew him as a result. Um, oh, that the kid with the last name Cox was uh, ran for student count, council president, and so it was like a whole ass thing. Vote uh, for Cox, uh, Cox for president. <laughs> 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 Lol. 
Um, okay. Uh, so somebody wanted to give their child the middle name Lee after their grandfather, but realized that the choice was, the first choice was Sloan. So the baby's name would have been Sloan Lee. Oh, you should have done it. You should have done it. It's not too late. Uh, there's a town in Alberta, Canada, uh, which is what? Oh, okay. So there's a town called Beaver Lodge and they have a salon called the Sheared Beaver because of course they do. Uh, Siobhan Vachon. Yes, please. Oh, yes. yes, please. Vernon Rail. Yep. They love the name Vernon. God yes. bless it. Um, someone, one of the favorite kids somebody works with is Ruby Royal. Oh, I've been watching the Shack documentary, which is, if you just want to be charmed, thoroughly charmed and just delighted, watch the HBO series about Shaq. I could watch anything about Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. Just to be clear. Not like a Shaq documentary about Shaq. Thank you for clarifying. I'm sure there is a documentary about Shaqs on HBO. I wouldn't be surprised. Sure, it's about Appalachia, and there's somebody named Nervesta Minerva on it. Um. But, no, Shaquille O'Neal. I love Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. I really love him. And um, he lived in a town in Germany called Wildflicken. Ooh. That's not how you pronounce it, but that's how Shaq pronounced it. Yeah. Um, I feel like this has come through before, but I'm just going to, it came through again. In the Netherlands, there's an ophthalmologist by the name of I.C. Notting. two more there is a bentley wiener yes there is and there's a road in vancouver island called jungle pot (laughs) oh i want to go there anything with pot in it is adorable so cute i know we need to plan a they will kill road trip where we go to all of these places Right? I would do that. I'm Ugh, gonna... I would too. Fugging and wolfing. Yes. I mean, it's a big... <laughs> I really yeah. do want to go to Austria really badly. So yeah. fugging and wolfing will be my no. destination. Austria, Australia. Yeah. Start there and then see what happens. Oh, yeah. We got to go to all the fucks in Australia. Just a tour of all the fucks because there are a lot. There oh, a lot. that was a good list. Good job, yes, everyone. You God. You good. do it every week. <sighs> I love you guys so much. And uh, speaking of loving you, let's do a couple shouty outies. If you it. want to be a member of our Patreon, there are so many episodes over there, you guys, and they are so long. They are full ass, whole ass episodes. Yeah. One of our patrons emailed and was like, I can't get to the back, the, the beginning of the catalog. And I was mm. like, shit. Oh, no. And so I was like it, making sure that it didn't get erased or something. And I was sitting there scrolling, 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 scrolling. I was like, oh, my yes. God. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Courtney. It's amazing how many. Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't think about it until then you are faced with the scrolling to make sure that they're all yeah. still present. Yes. Um, well, yeah. I was scrolling through our just regular feed the other day. And I was like, holy God, that mm-hmm. is just. We've really done it. it. But yes, if you want a billion trillion fuck tons of episodes more if you enjoy this podcast please go on over there for as little as five dollars a month you can get ad free and two episodes a week plus goodies go do it you won't regret it you won't or regret you might, it but, but that, that's okay it's only going to cost you five dollars for that yep. amount of regret <laughs> it's worth you it could just get out of there yeah <laughs> Yes, and we are going to do shout outs. We are still in the middle of September, almost the end of September. So if you recently joined, hold on to your hats. We'll get to you as quick as we can. Yeah, coming for you like a bullet train of... Like a hairy cane. (laughs) (laughs) Very slow hairy cane, but once it gets you, you'll know it once it's there. Once it's upon you. Uh, so thank you so much to Leah N. Leah, not leaving anything behind. She gathers it up and she puts it in her pack. She packs it all in and then she walks down the street and she does a little twirl and she does some finger guns and then she says, I bet you want to know 
what I packed in my pack. And I say to her, I would love to know. And she says, well, to start, I packed in some charisma and I packed in some kindness and I packed in some grace and I packed in the ability to discern if someone is well-intentioned or not and also a heaping ton of talent (laughs) and also success and attractiveness and a casual but impeccable fashion sense i know i said sense twice but that is because i have so much of it packed in my packed and i left nothing behind because leah and stands for leah nothing left behind oh god i forgot what we were doing for a second i did too i honestly did he said leah and and i was like it's like my soul entered my body you got swept up by the hurricane. <laughs> yes, you did. Also, you guys are going to get a little uh, little background bed, music bed of t- grumbling tummy. We're, we're recording in the morning and I yes. uh, haven't eaten breakfast, so please enjoy that little <laughs> added bonus today. Uh, thank you so much to Tish Tong. Tish Tong, it's been so long since that name came through our Patreon and I almost killed myself because it's such a perfect, impeccable name and also it matches your personality based on the correspondence that we've had. (laughs) You are such a motherfucking lovely individual and a treasure and I treasure every moment that we've spent together and your comments and your DMs are so delightful i cannot begin to tell you that your name is like a fucking onomatopoeia of what a wonderful person that you are everybody that reads the name tish tong automatically knows everything about you and it's true every last word every last drop every last morsel is delectable as fuck really is true am i wrong no it really no. is true we we appreciate you, you know? so much teach yes yeah yes not that you all are not that but i mean it's like oh yeah of course it's teach it's teach yeah, yeah of course that comment mm-hmm. came from that teesh. name mm-hmm. yes so good thank you so much to lisa h lisa hi she says and looks you in the eye and then she embraces you with the love of a thousand lights (laughs) and then she erases your pain and your suffering with just a look in her eye (laughs) and then she Takes you by the hand and guides you to a place that you could never comprehend because it's so bright and it's so effervescent (laughs) and it radiates with delight and presence and it's her very special place that is one and only hers. Am I wrong, though? I don't think I'm wrong about that at all. (laughs) I think we all know what that place feels like. We get it. We get it. Oh, Lord. Do you have one more in you? (laughs) Yes, I do. I do. I do. For better or worse. (laughs) Last but certainly not least, thank you so much to Gretchen M. Ah, I love the name Gretchen. And I love the, the letter M. I really do. I love the letter M. Yeah, my uh, five-year-old yeah. who's learning how to write right now, and we he he still needs like prompts, uh, you know, like oh that the next is the letter M, and then he he's always like, oh the up down up down one, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It is. up if down gonna, up down. If we're cho- if we're here choosing favorites of letters, M is definitely a favorite. So yes. you have the letter M, you have the name Gretchen. Gretchen is self-assured, confident, beautiful, worldly, timeless classic gorgeous intelligent and then you put the letter m after it also like it's the signature speaking of signatures i can already feel my hand wanting to write out 
the name Gretchen M. Mm-hmm. And then if we're like uh, spitballing here about what M could stand for, I'm going to guess, just got to throw out a few ideas. Marvelous. Mm-hmm. Monolith. Mm-hmm. Machiavellian. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Like in a cool way, not in a... You know, like I'm, I'm a narcissist who's going to dominate you. But like, if you take that and like cool it out a little bit, that, um, monstrously fucking impactful. Yep. I think you can put those two words together, right? Yeah. That works grammatically. Sure. Yep. Magical. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, feel free, feel free to free to throw them out. (laughs) Magical. Yep. Money-ish. Uh, <laughs> Money-ful. Money-ish. Money-ful. Money-ful and money-ish. <laughs> yep. And I would say, uh, like, mountainous in ability. And last but not least, miraculous. Yes. Did I say miraculous to start? Probably. No? Doesn't matter. Double it's miraculous. True. Miraculous, comma, miraculous. infinity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Miraculous, comma, miraculous. Money-ish and money-full. And magical. Moreover, also stands for moreover, methodical, (laughs) comma, in a cool way. Oh, God. Oh, my God, you guys. We love you so much. much. Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you so much for being here. If you want to spend more time with us, you can go to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, youtube or tiktok at they will kill you can can you can go to our website <laughs> they will kill.com you can email us at they will kill podcast at gmail.com yes you can rate review and subscribe to us yes please we'd love it we really really love it yes somebody asked us recently like how do i do it if i don't have oh yeah iphone or something i don't remember what they didn't have but i was like i don't know don't know. I know. I meant so, to look into that. I don't know if you can go to just Apple Podcasts on website. To, I don't totally know. Yeah. So that. I did too. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just rate, review, and subscribe to us in your heart if you if that's yeah, what you, you need can, to do. That's good. Yes. I know Apple <laughs> or uh, Spotify now lets you leave a rating, not a review, but you can leave a rating. Great. So hit a little five stars over there. I don't know the rating systems of others, but yeah, the reviews on Apple Podcasts really help. That's where mm-hmm. a lot of people go to find podcasts and great. Thank you. Yes. Uh, thank you also to AJ Bergans for your music that we love so thank much. Thank you so much. I remember when we were putting the podcast together and we were waiting for the music and then it came and then I could not stop listening to it forever. Yep. God, it yep. just, that was really fun. It was. It was like the moment where we were like, yep, this is who we are. Uh-huh. This is we're going to do this forever, this we are. even if nobody yep. else will ever listens. <laughs> and remember. Life is weird. Yeah, and remember, remember, life is weird. Life is absolutely fucking weird. And um, if you want to do something, you should just do it. And mm-hmm. also, you, I think I said this before, but it keeps coming up to me, especially these days, my... New Year's resolution is just going to be as to be as punk as fuck. Like I, I was watching a video about a girl who was like, I was such a perfectionist. I wouldn't do things because I knew I wouldn't do them perfectly. And so I never did anything. And then she's like, I just channel Sid Vicious now. I think about, you know, he was so quote unquote cool for all of his problems and issues. You know, the punk mm-hmm. rock movement in general. It's just like the whole the whole point was to be messy. The whole point was to be imperfect. And people flock to it and they continue mm-hmm. to do so. So, yeah, looking back on now almost three years of doing this and where we started and how we put it together and how we used to record on Skype. And I had <laughs> one track to edit from for the first mm-hmm. like three episodes, which is why they sound like shit and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Well, and even now, it. I mean, just like we're just still like you'd think we'd have it figured yeah. out by now. And we just you know just keep kind of yeah. doing it the way that works best for us <laughs> yeah you know, like, yes and part of me wants it. to be like oh i should do it better no i think we're doing really really good yep yep, yep. you do you just do it just do it and yep. you'll find your people or you won't and it'll it'll bring you to another thing that you should be doing instead 
And that's just the way the world works. But if you do nothing, that's okay too. But it also, you should do something if you want mm -hmm. to do it. Yep. Do it. Just do it. Just do and it, as we'll... Nike says. This, Listen, you guys. Yeah, this was in, brought to you by, just kidding. By Phil Knight. In the immortal words of Phil Knight, or some ad exec at Wyden and Kennedy. I think it was probably Dan Wyden or Jeremiah Kennedy. Kennedy. I don't remember what <laughs> Kennedy's first name <laughs> Jeremiah again. <laughs> Jeremiah for sure. No, R.I.P. They just both passed too. So no. like, I know, which is weird. I don't. I feel like they're not old enough to have no. passed, but mm -mm. they they both recently passed. And listen, that is a good. I mean, they really live by their words because Phil Knight and the Wyden and Kennedy were like, "Hey, hey, Phil Knight, we believe in your fucking shoes. So why don't you let us help you build these shoes, this shoe company?" <laughs> Next thing you know, Wyden Kennedy is one of the biggest ad agencies in the world, and <laughs> Nike is Nike. So there you go. Take done. it from take it from me. It's just that easy. <laughs> oh, we love you so much. Get Thank out you your little waffle iron. Make your little waffle <laughs> shoe bottoms. Right, that was him. Prefontaine. Is this Probably. all? Am I yeah. on this on the Don't right timeline with this? <laughs> Probably University of Oregon Prefontaine waffle shoe. He's like, you're not running fast enough. I'm gonna put some waffles on the bottom of your shoes, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. <laughs> punk rock as fuck, man. That's so punk. I don't know where he got the rubber. I don't. I hope he was wearing protective masks and equipment and ventilation while he was waffling those rubber shoe bottoms for Prefontaine. He's from Coos Bay, Oregon. He's from Coos Bay, Oregon. That's a another fact. For you oh guys. my god, I feel like my head's gonna explode. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> we love you so we much. We love you so much. <laughs> See, See you really soon. See you next time. Goodbye. Go go prefontaine. Goodbye. <laughs> oh shit. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.